Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to episode one, the pilot episode of the Dead Butterflies podcast. I just want to remind everyone real quick that this is a pilot episode, as I just mentioned. So I don't have any experience with recording or podcasting apart from listening to them. This is all very new to me. So if the quality isn't quite there yet, the editing isn't perfect, I apologize I'm, I'm going to constantly try to improve the quality of what I do and the content. Listen into the podcast later on. I give you an email address, which is the email address for this podcast. I can be reached through there for any kind of feedback or positive, constructive criticism. You can always get back to me if you have any idea for future episodes or topics or you have any questions or anything at all. Don't hesitate. Send me an email. And over time, hopefully, this thing will just get better and better. Enjoy the episode. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode one of the Dead Butterflies podcast. My name is Sebastian, and I will be the host of this podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, I'll get, just give a quick uh, rundown since it's episode one of what this podcast is. Basically, my plan with this is uh, I plan on covering a wide range of uh, topics in relationship with well-being, self-improvement. Also, just talking about random and interesting subjects that I or other people out there may want to discuss. Uh, fun fact, I've always kind of been known as uh, someone who has random trivial knowledge. So I uh, also suppose that could help in uh, the making of this podcast along the way. Uh, more specifically, though, my goal is to eventually try and gather a community of people together who may kind of feel a bit lost or stuck in their lives. And I'll go a little bit more into detail uh, later on in the episode. But the main and important thing right now is that anybody who's listening in, uh, everyone is welcome to listen in. Everyone is welcome to par- participate in the discussion. Uh, I really want this to be as an open and inclusive forum for everyone uh, who's interested in participating. This is a bit of a passion project for me. I, I really don't have any expectations. I'm, I'm doing this because I've always uh, wanted to try out podcasting. I finally had the courage to do it with the support and uh, you know a lot of people pushing me to do it. So I have no idea how this will go. My hope is that as I get along with this podcast, you know, I can meet new people along the way, can share experiences and knowledge, and we can all grow together as a community. Obviously, I will begin this podcast solo. Uh, eventually, I may or may not have guests. Who knows? Like I said, I don't have any plans or specific goals or apart from what I had detailed early on. We'll just see as time goes on. I mean, maybe eventually I may uh, record the episodes and post them on YouTube. Who knows? Uh, in any case, I'm very happy and uh, very humbled if you're listening right now uh, or in the future. I may be just talking to no one. That's a depressing thought, but who knows? <laughs> I also want to apologize in advance if the sound quality or the production value is a little subpar right now. I'm doing the best with what I have. I am new to podcasting and recording in general, so like if you hear my choi- uh, my chair make noise or you hear my computer in the background, I apologize. Hopefully things will get better as I, uh, as I improve and get better at doing this. Any feedback is very much appreciated. Later on in the episode, I will leave my uh, email address for this podcast so I can be contacted at, so any feedback is uh, very much appreciated. Okay, so to give a little context into what this is all about, I'll give a little quick uh, rundown of who I am. So my name is Seb, 
37 years old right now and I'm recently sober. I, I, I'm saying the word sober with air quotes because according to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, I would not be considered sober since I do occasionally have a drink once every month maybe. I'm going to say sober because compared to my drinking habits from the past, uh, I am very much sober. Uh, I completely stopped smoking cigarettes, no more drugs. Uh, I like to say that I have consumed enough of those things in my early days to make up for the rest of my life. So I'm, I'm good. So yeah, I've been sober for, let's say, about three months. I have struggled with substance abuse, I could safely say, since the age of like 13 or 14. Uh, that includes video games and any form of escapism. And uh, obviously without having to take a huge leap of logic here, uh, I can tell you that I've made a long series of bad decisions uh, throughout my life. In any case, I consider myself very fortunate to have had the family uh, that I have to support me. And also to the fact that I developed a good work ethic. Uh, I became a very hardworking individual who kind of eventually decided to improve uh, my lot in life. Um, right now I'm speaking about substance abuse, by the way, um, how this relates to you, the listener. I mean, this is, uh, if you do have some sort of problem or anything like that in your life, it's just as applicable to sex, gambling, games, food, any form of addiction, really, or distraction. So I'm, I'm just speaking about m me and my problems and how it relates to you, the listener. I mean, you, you take that as it is, you know? Now, for those of you who may or may not know, uh, when you do decide to get sober, when at least when I decided to get sober, the older I got, the harder it became, mainly because I, I tend to drink and not take care of my problems or deal with them, and they tend to accumulate. And I had this this great idea in my head of sobriety being this magical thing that when you get sober, you know, uh, eventually like your problems go away and, you know, because all oh, you're sober and you made the right choice. But the truth is that you have all your problems, but you just got rid of that escape that you had from your problems so now you just pretty much have your problems left and and that can be really really difficult to deal with when that truth hits you you know like oh it's not some magical formula for all my problems so yeah that was that made the idea of sobriety for me really difficult and i ended up relapsing or just drinking again because you know i just couldn't deal with all of it all the time and that's how a lot of people end up giving up on sobriety and I was asking myself, like, well, what's, what's the point? But in any case, over the years, it took me many years taking tiny little steps, fixing one little problem at a time, trying to get sober, slipping, you know, dealing with my problems, getting sober, you know, doing that over and over again from like my mid-20s to like, oh God, I mean, to, well, until recently. And today I'm at a point where it's been like three months and... and Believe me when I tell you, I'm still solving problems and issues that I've had to deal with since my 20s, but at least now I'm facing them head on with a clear head, you know? I've got a lot more free time. Just goes to say that's how far back my personal negligence and, and neglect has, with my life has gone. It goes so far back. But those three months that I have sober, I mean, I really feel like I've earned those three months. I've worked really hard for them. So in essence, what I ended up doing was trading in like easy dopamine fixes and, and, and like quick moments of like personal pleasure for one of the world's uh, greatest commodities, time. Uh, I've, I've earned time. And now with that time, I'm able to really focus on better things and self-improvement. And I guess that's what they don't tell you with sobriety, you know? It's like, yeah, you get sober and yeah, you have to face your problems. But now instead of wasting that time you could use to fix your problems on alcohol and drinking and gaming and whatever, well, now you can take that time and face your problems. It's just it's not fun. In any case, uh, my goal with this podcast 
is to take my time that I now have and to share it with you, the struggling human being. And uh, I hope that over time we can kind of form this dialogue so we can kind of better, we can shape a better world for ourselves. We hear a lot of all these great podcasters and these personalities and these motivational speakers you know, all over the internet and everything. Um, and we should all aspire to be great like like a lot of them are, you know, then it's a great goal to have. It's a noble quest that we should all take on. But I, I found that I, we rarely hear about people that are like kind of still squirming around in the dark, that are lost. We, we, we're not even close to those goals of like, you know, in what would seem as enlightenment and perfection. They're just, we're just still lost and stuck in the dark. So essentially we, we, we know what we want as an end goal, but sometimes we just need help reaching those milestones and it, it's really, I find, a, a, it's a lot of help to have people that are in that situation or people that are not so far ahead of us that it feels like, oh, it's an impossible goal to reach, that are maybe just a few steps ahead of us. or It's like a relay race almost the way I see it. You know, We can all work together and, um, and, and reach those ultimate goals together. With that, uh, I will bring up uh, today's topic for episode one. Uh, since I was talking about substance abuse and addiction, uh, I thought an appropriate topic of discussion could be uh, hedonism. And this topic will actually um, better explain, and I'll explain it better at the end of the uh, episode, on why I called this podcast the Dead Butterflies episode, because there's a reason behind it. Quick side note, any topic that I discuss on this podcast, uh, I do my research on before talking about it, of course. I mean, I'm not talking about like like a university paper level of, of research, but, you know, I, I do some reading and to better understand the, 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 the subject matter. But in no way am I ever going to say that I'm an expert on the subject matter or that you should take what I say as fact. The, the content will remain on a more personal or, or philosophical nature. It's open for debate and discussion. And because this is ultimately the goal of this podcast is just to kind of figure things out together, to learn and uh, how do we apply that knowledge to our daily lives and it's just this back and forth so again don't i'm not an expert don't don't take me as uh, unless it has to deal with the culinary world because i am a chef for a living so but i'm that everything else not an expert um all right so hedonism uh, before i started doing my research as i understood it was basically a way of life so basically pleasure as a way of life so all the work or the lack thereof to basically serve the purpose of self-pleasure or self-joy. That's how I understood it. So when I did some research into it, here's a little history of it. The term hedonism derived from the Greek word hedone, I believe it's pronounced, more specifically termed uh, as the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain. Epicurus, which by the way, I always thought it was epicurious and that's the food website has nothing to do, it's Epicurus, believed that the key to a happy life was the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain, but in moderation as it could lead to addiction. Okay. And that it could be found in friendship, good food, and intellectual pursuits. I'm not mad at that. It is believed that Aristippus, a student of Socrates, was the founder of the school of thought. He taught that pleasure was the greatest good and should be pursued in moderation, okay? From what I read, there's uh, two main schools of thought on hedonism, or two main types of hedonism, so ethical and psychological. Uh, ethical hedonism basically states that the only good in life 
is or the only intrinsic good in life is pleasure and that it should be our ultimate goal and that psychological hedonism is that all our actions so all our actions as humans are motivated towards the pursuit of pleasure and the avoidance of pain so that it's kind of like from what i understand it's like a built-in mechanism within our psychology as humans which kind of also makes sense i think both are true uh, i don't know anyone who just i mean apart from like certain people in life i mean most people try to not be in pain i could think of a few people that like being in pain but most people would prefer pleasure although through our modern time it has been criticized for having i mean basically you could neglect the the concepts of morality and virtue over pleasure so if we were to take like um like priorities in our life people would prioritize pleasure over like morality and virtue sounds like christians and catholics but what do i know i i can't say i really disagree with that either like topically i think that you could easily like turn to vice or sacrifice your own virtue or self-worth for an act of pleasure i mean i could see what they're saying one example being like you want to drink or do drugs and you don't have any money then you would steal someone's property to serve that purpose of consuming drugs or alcohol then yeah there's a it's a criminal element there's a lack of morality and virtue behind it and i'm speaking out of personal experience here on this one just saying so i'm not in any kind of judgment towards anyone in essence though i wouldn't argue that drinking or sex or anything like that is immoral in its nature but i suppose then it comes down to the context around what why like what dictates the morality or the virtue behind the act so but yes i could argue we could also argue that like if you prioritize your own self-pleasure or happiness over uh, morality then yeah we could easily fall into criminality and, and dubious moral actions we could really deep dive into the topic of morality and virtue in relationship with hedonism uh, that could make great conversation material we could discuss that i mean i'm going to leave my email later down uh, later in the podcast and you can always send me an email we can talk about it more we can cover it in another episode but, uh, going on with what i looked into uh it even touched on um political or more like social uh, aspects of, of later on in, in human history this concept so basically the idea came out in ancient greece and as it evolved later on in history the concept of of utilitarianism came up which was an idea developed by this man called jeremy bentham uh, he was an english philosopher who lived in uh, a philosopher and a jurist who lived in london during the 18th and 19th century so he took the idea of hedonism uh, this idea of like maximum pleasure least amount of pain and formed like i said uh, this idea of called utilitarianism i would say that from what i read into it again i'm not an expert on the subject i kind of you know read into it real quick it sounds a lot i mean they say that utilitarianism is the foundation of what we would call today the, like the welfare state there are things i agree with it for the most part i i don't agree with a lot of the ideas behind it and if you are interested or you know if you would like to enlighten me a bit more on the topic you are all welcome to it's actually pretty interesting to read up on it and how a lot of those ideas kind of translated into modern day as we have in canada mostly i find that we, we lean a lot on the ideas of utilitarianism and basically the foundation of what we call the welfare state today as i said before um, but basically the idea behind it is that the value of an basically that you could quantify an action as good or bad based on if it leads to the most amount of people that are happy and there's a way to calculate that basically based on that value 
and that's where things kind of go into dubious moral implications uh like and these are some of the things that were discussed so basically this guy jeremy bentham were saying like he was the first person to uh advocate animal rights and like you know like he was against animal cruelty but it's a little fucked up because he was saying that if an animal suffers so like if you take a dog and you put like these like you put it through these really painful experiments but it was for the good of mankind then the act was considered good now i don't know about you but i don't i don't think the suffering of one animal for the betterment of mankind is is considered a good thing you know but it was a step in the right direction apparently (laughs) Uh, but he was saying, like, if you torture an animal just for your own personal pleasure, then that's not a good act, you know. Another one that he was talking about was uh, that they, they debated was torture. So basically, if you torture someone, but it led to, a, like, a, a, a large amount of people being happy in society, then the act of torture was considered good. Again, very dubious, and maybe I missed out on some of the information, but I, I they've, it, this idea of torture came up a few times, and I, I personally find that kind of crazy that you would think well torture one person will make a lot of people happy i don't know what the context behind it is but it sounds kind of fucked up to me questionable ethics totally off topic so uh, i digress essentially in a nutshell uh, there seems to be um, some debate as to whether it's human nature to seek pleasure or if it's more of a philosophical pursuit but in essence it seems to be well it is the the idea is that you want to have maximum pleasure and you want to avoid pain I also find it interesting because it seems to come in, well, it comes in direct opposition to Buddhist teaching or more Eastern philosophies that you would reach enlightenment through suffering, that you can find inner peace and enlightenment through suffering, and that the idea of suffering in and of itself is not a bad thing because it's just a part of life. It, It is what it is, you know? And we could maybe expand on that in another episode as well. We'll focus more on the aspect of hedonism on this episode. I'll break down my take on this a bit more. Again, if there are listeners out there that would like to weigh in on the topic, feel free to email me at the email address for this podcast, deadbutterflypodcast at gmail.com. That's deadbutterflypodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And uh, I'll read your emails and we can discuss that in a future episode. So uh, one common point that comes through in what I read through the ancient Greek philosophers is that all of them caution that moderation is the key to the proper application of, uh, of or the if you're going to properly follow the idea of hedonism, you, you, you must use moderation and not go into excess. Epicurus states that excess is counterproductive to the pursuit of pleasure and can lead to displeasure and pain. That makes sense. I have known, actually, this is actually how I found this, learned the term hedonism. This is way back in my early 20s. This girl was basically, you know, her and her friends, gamers, lots of drinking, promiscuous sex, just basically, and they were not happy people. They were just taking no responsibility for their lives. And it was just a miserable state. I mean, I, I include myself in that. I was not very happy in my 20s either, but I, and I, and I kind of ascribed to this idea, oh, I'm a hedonist, and that's what they were saying, oh, we're hedonists. I'm a hedonist. Uh, that's that's just how I live my life. I, I always seek pleasure and fun, and uh, that's my priority. I am a hedonist. But if we take into consideration the ancient Greek philosophy, then that is not hedonism. That is false. But you can't argue that hedonism and excess, you know, it's, it's, they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, it's easy to fall prey to excess, 
especially when you're dealing with addictive substances. But I mean, it's, and not even just that, but I mean, you can easily just neglect your personal responsibilities just to spend time with friends. Or, I mean, even if your thing is just running, that's that's where you get joy, you know. If that's all you do all day, well, you're, you're not, you're going into excess. That's not moderation. It applies to everything, food, everything. Specifically in the context of addiction, I would argue, obviously, that discipline is the key to a happy life, especially when it comes to, well, just addictive substances, games, gambling, all those things that, that can really get you hooked, you know, meth, who knows. <laughs> Um, if we go back real quick to the idea of utilitarianism, I, you know, we could definitely set, like, if we did have this concept that we put into place, which we kind of do, again, in Canada specifically, but in a lot of more socialized countries, I mean, the idea of utilitarianism really does sound like socialism, uh, social welfare and whatnot. We could definitely set conditions in, in place in our society, you know, with uh, po social programs and, and just setting up, putting up a set of policies. And we could better regulate a proper life-work balance, have in place social programs like we have, like welfare, maternal and parental leave, on and on, unemployment. A lot of these programs already have in place. And, and I would argue that there's a net benefit to everyone who has access to these programs when they need it, you know. But if we go into the extreme of this mentality, like if we really go into the extreme of it, and we apply it and with this idea of that excess brings an increment of pain and displeasure, then it would imply that we would need some for set of social policies which would dictate the content and the frequency at which we could partake in certain activities. So an example, regulating alcohol consumption, limiting screen time, uh, regulating social events. I mean, I'm going into extreme here, obviously, we're just speaking hypothetically here, but such a scenario would imply like heavy implication in the state of regulating social activities and, and the actions of individuals in order to maximize an overall like social happiness, you know, like some kind of metric by which the state could say, okay, well, there's these are the hap like we have more happy people than unhappy people, so this is a good action, you know. This is all speculation, of course. The point being is that. With the absence of, of uh, a person or entity that controls our life, apart from ourselves, taking personal responsibility, and by the way, I would hope that that is something that most people would want, would not want, you know, having somebody control our lives. We're left as individuals to determine our own actions and motivations in life. I believe that this is, kind of, this is what gives us purpose and goals. Ultimately, we have to move through pain and away from addiction and into moderation to achieve pleasure and happiness. It gives meaning and value to our actions. And not only that, but I think it gives us a proper foundation upon which we can build the rest of our lives. So yeah, in this context, personally, I would argue, my friends, that I, am, I strive to become a true hedonist in this context. If, if it is about maximizing pleasure and minimizing pain, then yes, I am a hedonist, but I think that we have to move through pain and displeasure to get to a moment of, of happiness. In truth, I found this way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Like, I mean, the subject interested me, but I, I, it, there's a lot more content to the idea of hedonism than I imagined. And I invite all of you to read more into the subject. It's a, it's a, it really makes you think a lot more about your own actions and your own motivations as, a, as an individual. And it really brings insight into what we do as, as, as people, you know, and even interaction, interactions in day-to-day. -day. I can personally say that when I was younger, I would 
often avoid my own responsibilities to seek out pleasure in quick dopamine rushes instead of uh, suffering through the small things to, to get a greater gain out of it, you know? The truth of the matter is, is that the, the, the longer we avoid doing things, the more they accumulate, the bigger that mountain gets, and the harder it gets to go back and, and, and fix things and to go onto that path of happiness and sobriety and joy and, and, and self-discipline. It gets harder and harder to do that. And this will lead me to the reason why I named this podcast the Dead Butterfly Podcast. Now, I'm, I'm pretty big on metaphors. For those that know me, uh, I, I use a lot of metaphors in life. It's just my thing, I guess. And this is the one I chose to apply as the name of this podcast. It really ties in with the topic of the pilot episode, too. So I'm going to ask you, how often have you guys heard people say, or maybe you've said it yourself. I know I've said it myself. Um, you know, I just want to be happy in life. And I mean, everybody just wants to be happy in life. That's what everybody wants. I don't know anybody that wants to be miserable in life. But to say, like, oh, what's your goal in life? Well, I just want to be happy in life. And we base our lives around this idea of chasing happy moments and good vibes and what I call basically cheap dopamine rushes. I was always miserable. People that say that tend to always be miserable and unhappy. They're just unstable, unsatisfied. So I want you to imagine all those like cheap dopamine rushes, drinking, gaming, sex, gambling, TV, you know, wasting time with people that don't bring anything to your life or, 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 or just neglecting your personal responsibilities to chase these things that may bring you quick moments of joy you know so whatever it is just imagine it as little butterflies floating around and us just kind of chasing these butterflies around all day just trying to catch them good vibes just trying to catch the butterflies and what happens when you catch a butterfly eventually well you have one of two options you either let it go and it flies away or you hold on to it for so long that it basically just dies in your hand and you end up with a dead butterfly all you have left around you when you do that are dead butterflies now, imagine instead that your life is just like an empty, rocky patch of dirt with nothing on it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not the first one to use the metaphor of life as a garden or whatnot, but it ties into it. Um, just imagine, like I said, your little plot of land, which is your life, rocky patch of dirt, nothing on it, depressing void. But instead of running off somewhere, ignoring it to chase butterflies, you forget all that. You get down in the dirt and you start moving rocks out of the way. You start digging, you start plowing and you start chasing the pests and the parasites out of your patch of dirt. You really suffer through those moments of discomfort and you get your hands dirty and the grime and the muck. And you start planting things instead. You start planting flowers and trees and grass and you start really growing this beautiful garden. All that time and effort that you pulled in and you toiled in the dirt and, and, and it's just, you get this beautiful flourishing green garden well, what does that attract? What does a beautiful garden attract? Butterflies. You don't have to put in the work anymore. Or you do. You always have to put in the work. But I mean, you don't have to chase them anymore. They come to you. You attract happiness. You attract joy because you built something beautiful, which is your life. So you see, going back to what I was saying before, if, I think that if we suffer a bit, like the true hedonist that we are, and we can put that effort in and we can move away from pain and move towards pleasure, we can really stop burning ourselves out in these misguided attempts at chasing butterflies and, and just basically let them come to us. Uh, but for that, we have to put the work in. We really have to move through the discomfort. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm still facing 
problems in my life. We're, I'm, we're always going to face problems, but I'm, I'm still f- dealing with things from, from my younger days. Uh, my younger days. <laughs> I, I'm still dealing with those, those, those issues. And for those of you that are, are, are still like in your early 20s or, or um, late teens, I would encourage you to start dealing with your problems right now and to start thinking on, on your actions from today. I mean, life catches up to you pretty quick. You don't have to put yourself in that situation, but for those of you that are that have gone so far, and 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 you look back on your life and God, I messed this up, and God, I shouldn't have done this, and I think it takes a lot of courage to really stop our bad habits and and to to move away from our addictions or to put a, a real effort into moving away from our addictions. And I genuinely think that when we give ourselves a purpose, it really helps to to move into moderation away from excess and we can start facing our problems that we just neglected for so long i think it takes a a tremendous amount of courage to do that and that is the purpose of this podcast so that we can all kind of get together and grow together as a community i'm saying it again so that we can have this goal of like moving towards pleasure and joy and away from pain but for that, we have to move through the painful moments together. And if we can share that burden together as a community, I think it'll help a lot of people. And that's the point of this podcast. So this pretty much sums up episode one. It's not a very long episode. Again, I'm trying to figure it out. I have to say this episode one, I, I don't know how many takes I did. I don't know. It, it took me at least a good month to figure out how I'm going to put this together. And it's still kind of a mess. I'm doing the best I can. I think I could have done a lot worse. But I have to say, I have a newfound respect for podcasters and YouTubers and people that do this. It is a lot harder than it seems, uh, but it's a fun challenge. And uh, I will uh, just keep on improving as I do it more and more. I want to give a big thank you to everyone who listened in and a big thank you to everyone who pushed me and uh, support me throughout this project as it is. Again, your feedback, comments, good or bad, uh, is very much appreciated. You can email me at the email for this uh, podcast, deadbutterflypodcast at gmail.com. That's deadbutterflypodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And for all of those, uh, all those of you that are still struggling with life and everything else, all I have to say is stop chasing those butterflies and get digging, motherfuckers. And whatever you do, don't give up. Take care and listen in. I'll be posting a new episode soon. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone.